Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan, and I am joined once again this week by best, best friend of the show, Derek from college. What's up, Derek? How you feeling today? I am tired, my man. Yeah, you tired? Yeah, I've, uh, I was traveling today before we got here. Okay. I have been awake. I came from the East Coast. I've uh-huh. been awake since 1 a.m., and it is now four in the afternoon. <laughs> 1 a.m. East Coast time or our time? No, our time. Ah, gotcha. 1 a.m. our time. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're amongst the land of the living for just a little if, while longer. <laughs> absolutely. I was going to say real quick, if I start to go off the rails, please jump ahead of me and cut me off and be like, just kind of, you know, nudge me back on track. I will. I'm a little, I'm, I'm not quite all there today. I'll so hopefully best. that'll just mean more entertainment for everybody, but, and yourself. But I think uh, so. I have a little bit of a headache right now, but that's probably because oh, yeah. I haven't eaten yet today. You haven't eaten yet today? No, I have not. <laughs> I mean, I also say that, but I didn't eat until I got in at like two in the afternoon. So yeah. I shouldn't be throwing stones at glass houses, I yeah. guess. <laughs> I, um, What's wrong I would with say you? don't throw stones at any houses. <laughs> oh, God, no. No, no, no. <laughs> um, no, I, I had to wake up early because I had a, a an early um, uh, recording time for a podcast this morning, and I had to get to the cool. studio. And so there's morning traffic at, at that time, so I had to leave a little extra I, early. And I just forgot to eat, and I've been mm-hmm. working all day. Um, oh, dude, I get how that goes. What, yeah. what was the podcast? Do you want to plug it? Um, Can you plug it? it? Yeah, it's mine. We recorded an episode of my uh, other podcast with Carl on the Patreon. It, we just oh, had great. to do it at a special time this week because um, there's some uh, he's traveling and stuff this week, so we had to gotcha. get it in kind of early. But um, yeah, no. So I'm here. Um, let's see. This week, I um, what I do this week wasn't a very eventful week that I can think of. Um, um. Maybe that's not true. I feel like I just traveled, but I can't remember where. I'm looking at my bag that's still packed. <laughs> Didn't you go to Drew's bachelor party? That's right. In Vegas? That's what it was. That's what okay. I did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I went to, uh, <laughs> We're good. We're good, everybody. We yeah. out here. We're fine. <laughs> yeah. So I went to Vegas um, for the weekend um, with Drew, my buddy Drew, and, and his bachelor party of groomsmen. We all went to Vegas and we stayed at the Flamingo and we ate at buffets and had a wild oh. weekend and it was it was a good time. Um, we drove, which is something I haven't driven to Vegas in a while. Um, so we did Do you that usually drive. fly. Yeah, I usually fly. Um, yeah, me too. Because we're so close, it's like a forty-five minute flight. Dude, it's crazy. You get up to cruising altitude, they serve a drink and then you go down and land. Yeah. Like it's just like it's like. Whoop, too tight. Like yeah, you, exactly. whoop, we went up too high. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. You we, barely settle in. It's literally like I'll go, I'll press play. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, You're listening to the and we land. Yeah, exactly. So it's very much like that. Um normally we fly, but for this one, um, since we were all, uh, a bunch of us were all going at mm-hmm. the same time, a lot of people still there was like four four or five of the guys still flew in, but me, Drew, and Charles all rode in my car. So we just drove out. That was pretty fun. Oh, that's a good time though. Yeah. It's a good drive. It's a good drive if you have a good group of people. If you've got some people yes. that are a little um, let's say fussy, yeah, it can be a bit challenging. Yeah, no, it was it was cool. It was easy because it and really it was like the first time we had as that that friend group has gone on any sort of meaningful like road trip anywhere. Oh, um, good. We've hung out a lot, but have never been on like a drive together. You've um, never been cramped inside of a fart-filled car, like on a dusty stretch of highway, yeah. while you're just filled with like just regret and fast food. Exactly. 
<laughs> um, so there were there was plenty of that. Um, yeah, no, we had a good time, man. Um, we uh, we ate at the Caesars buffet, which was really good. Oh, um, Ooh, yeah. that's a good one. We went to um, Lowry Steakhouse the first night. That was great. Had some prime rib mm. and whatnot. That was really good. And then um, the third day, we went to uh, Hofbrau House in Vegas and had yeah. sausages. And yeah, that place is fun. Whatnot. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, yeah, we had a good time, man. It was it was a, it was a blast. But I haven't done much outside of my normal routine since I've been back because I've just gotcha. been so tired from traveling. But what did you do this week? You were traveling as well. I was, yes. I was in Florida. Okay. What uh, was going on for a couple of days. Uh, my buddy Matt is going to have a baby soon. Aww. So I, yes, I'm very excited for him and his girlfriend Erin. Yeah. And uh, I, so I went out there to kind of just a tiny little window to just kind of see him and say hello and meet her and, um, you know, pop in and just kind of hang out before he loses his life to a tiny human that screams and poops all the time. There you go. Uh, so what part yeah, of so it was. Uh, Fort Myers, so it's on the oh, Gulf yeah. side, south. Um, yeah, I did a. Uh, I've been there on tour on uh, for a conference. Of course you have. Yeah, <laughs> um, that would with the amount of churches that I saw around there, that would not surprise me. Yeah. Um, I also got witness to when I was there, which oh, okay. was really funny. Uh-huh. Um, it was a very much like a. Why, why now? Yeah. Why here? Yeah. Because I was at uh, Thomas Edison's house, just kind of walking around, just seeing, <laughs> seeing where that evil bastard lived, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a nice house. I'm not gonna lie. It's an, it's a late 1800s uh, like East East Coast style East Coast craftsman style, which. Uh-huh. I like to do woodworking, so I didn't care about Edison. I was just right. like, look at those joints. Those are so nice. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Nerding out on that. Um, but yeah, I, I learned something there. Henry Ford was his next door neighbor. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. As well as being Henry Ford's mentor. And I learned that in the that the in the garage on Henry Ford's side was where he tinkered around and created the V8 engine. Oh, okay. So the V8 engine, while well, debuted in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Was uh, was tinkered around and originally conceived in Fort Myers, Florida. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, that's about the most useful thing I learned on my trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of it was uh, just hanging out, and uh, we went shooting in the swamp. Okay. Which was fun. You know, we yeah. didn't reel into that Florida life. Yeah. Do you see any and- alligators or anything? No, no, I didn't really get around in any wildlife or anything like okay. that. It was a real quick trip, just kind of like, hey, how you doing? And then yeah. pop out. So. Okay. But yeah, so like I said, I got up at 1 a.m. this morning or 4 a.m. East Coast time and then traveled and then I'm still awake somehow. So <laughs> yeah. we're doing it. But rest assured, listeners, I'm having a beer to kind of just chill out for a second. There you so, go. Here we go. Um, all right, cool. Well, uh, I know you, you we're both we're both tired from traveling, so um which will either A make this the most boring episode ever or make it the most entertaining episode. Exactly. Ever. So you sent me a trailer just before we got mm-hmm. on here that I had not watched yet, but I have seen this going around. It's kind of gone. Oh my viral. god. Um I got chills. Okay, so watching I'm gonna it. I'm gonna watch this right now and, and we'll mm-hmm. comment on it as I'm watching it. Please. Um okay. Please. So for those of you who don't know, it's called the Black Phone. The Black Phone. Uh-huh. The Black Phone, and it stars Ethan Hawke mm-hmm. as the bad guy. Oh, he's the bad guy this time. Yeah, huh? buddy. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's also from the uh director of Sinister, which is one of my favorite horror oh. movies, also starring Ethan Hawke. Yep, it's great. Movie. Um I need to watch that. Maybe I'll add that. Maybe I'll switch up my 31 for 31 list this year and add Sinister. I don't know. It changes all the time. It's a very <laughs> fluid thing. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah. Okay. Uh, let me, I'll, I'll yeah, play so, this and then we'll talk about it as we're, as we're going here. So it's starting absolutely. off, there's a young boy in school. I'm excited for you to get to the trailer twist because that made me go, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to start it. So it's a young boy in school. Let's see. Um, I'll, be home. I'll be home in the morning. It's funny because every kid now looks like the the kids from Stranger Things, even though they're not the kids from Stranger yeah, Things. Yeah, but it's annoying, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like we get, like we get it. They had a really cool look. Find your own. Yeah. Like, but I will say this: it is a period. It is set in the the eighties, seventies, or eighties. I can't tell completely which. It's usually you know gotcha. probably late seventies, early to mid eighties. Yeah. Um. So I can't tell exactly, like when it's set but like that's why they took that look is because it's kind of in that stranger thing gotcha. kinda, okay so uh ethan hawk's character is driving a sketchy black van oh yeah and he's kind of a weirdo wearing a weird wearing a wearing a top hat and white face makeup yeah would you hand me my hat okay he's a part-time magician okay yes part-time magician full-time creeper would you like to see a magic trick? Okay. It's a Blumhouse movie. Good start. Oh, yeah. Oh. Some kid was abducted. Oh, it's this kid. Okay. Got it. Yep. It's the kid from the beginning yep. of the trailer. He's, oh, there's, okay, so he's alone in a room, and there's a black phone that's not plugged in. Right. It doesn't work, supposedly. Oh. But guess what? <laughs> okay, so uh, Ethan Hawke shows up wearing a weird, almost like a kabuki samurai mask looking thing. It's just a devil mask. Okay, it's just a devil I mask. I wouldn't necessarily go if I would if I would link it to like because if you're gonna link it to anything, it's more like a samurai mask. But it, that's even like a stretch there. Yeah. It's more of like just a theater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so you know, a mask that would be owned by a serial, a child abducting part time magician. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he uh, yeah, and he, he says it hasn't worked since he was a boy. So let's see what happens next. And whatever you're picturing for that mask, guys, you're correct. Yeah, whatever you're picturing, it's that and scarier. Exactly. Um, it has teeth, which is interesting. And um, horns. Let's see. Let's see. Black balloons is a thing. Uh, okay. Oh, the phone just rang, even though it's not plugged in. Welcome to the fun part of the of the trailer. Okay, he's answering the phone. Hello. Don't hang up. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, wait for it. Here it comes. Oh, okay. So it looks like the ghosts of the victims are communicating with this kid through this black phone. To help him escape. To help yeah. him escape, yeah. There's a combination. Okay. Yeah, all right. Oh. Oh. Everything's a clue. Yep. And his sister's also having visions. Yeah. Okay, that's his of sister. Of where he's at. Got it. So there's like an ooky, spooky, supernatural thing going on. Totally. Okay. Yeah, this looks good. Looks real good, right? Hold on. Uh-oh. 
He's got a. Oh, okay. Never mind. So Ethan Hawke's sitting like in the kitchen, like a weirdo. The kids kind of sneaking around the house, shirtless, which yeah. is just like it. It's just sexually wrong in some ways. Just the way that it's the it's framed up. Yeah, you just feel gross. It's like, what are you doing? Oh yeah, this is. I like this. The black phone. Okay. Yeah. I'm into looks it. Fun, right? February fourth. Okay. Yeah, that looks great. And you know, it's one of those. Yeah, he directed Sinister too, so it's like hell yeah. Yeah, I like that. That looks really good. Dude, I'm excited to see Ethan Hawke play a, a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen him be a bad guy before, uh, so I'm looking forward to it. I haven't either. He's always been like, my name's Jack McGraw. I'm a Marine that's down on my luck. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let's get into it. Um, yeah, that looks good, man. I'm. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's a trailer for Home Sweet Home Alone. Yeah, okay. Here's my I don't know if I want to watch. I'm going to I'm I should watch it, but I just why? I don't wanna. I don't wanna. Yeah. No one asked for it. No one wants no. it. Stop doing it. Although there is a new uh a new um I'm playing it while we while we chat. Yeah. There's a new what? There's a new um a new Scream movie coming out. And there's a trailer yes, for that. Yes, I as well. saw Sorry, I have to mute that. I saw um, Jeff Goldblum in an ad was yelling in my ear. So sorry, everybody. Um, yeah. So, what? What did you? What you we were talking? What were you ta- talking about? Oh, so, oh well, the there's there's a new trailer for the uh, Scream movie. Yes, that's coming I year. watched it. It looks really fun. It looks awesome. Good. Very much like uh, in the spirit of the original series. Um, just passing it off to like a new generation. Everybody mm-hmm. you like is back. Dewey's back. Um, oh my God, Pete Holmes is in this Home Alone. Yeah, man. Petey boy. All right. <laughs> um, oh, and I like that kid too. He's funny. Yeah. This is <laughs> Pete Holmes. <laughs> I love Pete Holmes, yeah. man. He's so this looks hilarious. It looks like a hollow send up of the original and everybody, you know, like we're supposed to like it and I'll watch it because Pete Holmes is in it. But um, I want to see who the who the bad guys are, like who are the burglars? Since when a married couple attempting to retrieve. Oh, it's um, it's what's his face from Deadpool 2 and uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, okay. It's the. uh, the regular dude that's a part of the team in Deadpool 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's him and Kimmy Schmidt. Okay. That are trying to rob the house and retrieve a priceless heirloom, I guess. And it's funny because it's the Mercer's house, but then in the shot for one of the cops, you don't see the face, but it says McAllister. So I wonder if Kevin's a cop now, which would be hilarious. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Like at the end, he's just like, takes a look around. He's like, nice job, kid. I was better, but nice. Yeah. This looks, uh, yes, it look okay. So here, here's my thing. Please tell me your take. All right. I, it looks fine. Like it looks totally yeah. fine. It looks inoffensive, but you're just like, yeah, it's okay. Hold but on. I want to look, I want to see who is, if this is, is that? No, it's not him. Okay. Um, I think it looks fine. I wish they would have gotten, I wish they would have 
gone to the same house. Um, I don't know for some reason like the the house, the Home Alone house, the original one is so nostalgic for me. Oh, I mean, do you mean one of the most iconic houses from anything we've ever watched in our entire <laughs> yeah. lives? Yeah, yeah, that house. <laughs> yes, yes, it's like the Goonies house. You know, totally. or like, or the house from Father of the Bride, which mm-hmm. is in your neck of the woods, actually. Yeah. Um, the the, yeah. Uh, the Draper's house is over here too. Yeah, the Draper's Mad, house Mad is there too. Mad, Mad yeah. Men, not Mad TV. <laughs> <laughs> you ever remember the Drapers from Mad TV? Those amazingly <laughs> recurring characters that were ad executives. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Home Sweet Home Alone looks fine. It looks the original Home Alone. Who directed the original Home Alone? We we need to be. We also need to. If you're just joining us for the first time, or we've never, we haven't talked about. I don't believe we've actually talked about our personal, individual obsessions with the Home Alone first two Home Alone movies. Um, but if you're new to this conversation, Asan and I are absolutely obsessed with these movies. Yes. So much so that one of my favorite things to do when I watch the first one for fun is listen to the audio commentary. Like you can sync it up, but there's a doctor, a trauma doctor that goes through and just walks you through all of the trauma and the damage and the injuries, like while they're getting, while the wet bandits are having it happen to him. And there's a, literally a point at which he just goes dead, dead, <laughs> dead, vegetable, dead. Like he's not even saying like what would happen. He's just like, oh, that would instantly kill you. Yeah. So, so here's the Chris, thing. Chris Columbus yes. directed the original Home Alone. Chris Columbus, who he was, who was a good director. He's directed a bunch of the yeah. Harry Potter first stuff. two Harry Potter movies, yeah. uh, Percy Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but it it was it was produced by John Hughes. Yes. Um, and it was written by John Hughes. Yes. Um, the movie and so the John Hughes script in particular the movie the first home alone i think what makes it really an enjoyable and kind of timeless movie is that it perfectly encapsulates like sort of the john hughesian kind of 80s <laughs> 90s kind of ethos where like there's like um there's like this like kind of drier kind of uh like there's like a very dry kind of skeptic like not skeptic what's the word um uh, like cynical kind of humor it's, to it it's highly cynical humor. yeah and and it this is- child is basically murdering these grown men i mean granted they're invading his house but like yeah he's he burns them with like a blowtorch yeah. and like hits them in the face with paint cans like he's actively he's not trying to stop them you're watching a, a child try to actively kill two grown men right hunting them in his house yes and this movie doesn't seem to have any of that like no. cynicism to it. It, mm-hmm. it it is very much um everyone in the movie every single person is likable and mm-hmm. attractive even yep. the bad guys yep and it's and and and, and the the violence that's happening to them is not it, it, the violence that's happening to them is, oh, look how much fun all of this is. It's look how much fun it is to hurt these people in your own home. Yeah, it's not like it's not the same tone as the first one. Um, right. Which the it seems like it's much more, more of a family movie than the first one was. The yes, first one is a family movie too, but mm-hmm. this one is much more of a family movie. You know what I mean? Right. Yes, and I was sorry. I didn't mean to step on you. No, I was just good. trying to add Home Alone 3 misses that mark as well. Gotcha. Everybody's – it's fun. Isn't it fun to have this thing that we're all doing? And I'm like, no. 
No, in Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2, Home Alone and Home Alone 2 are are movies where you watch a child survive what he thinks is imminent death. So he comes to play. You know what I mean? Like he's just like, you and me? Okay, it's gonna be you. I'm just letting you know to the tune of him soak in the second one, him soaking a rope in kerosene. And then lighting it on fire when they're trying to climb up it to try and burn these dudes alive. And then he smacks Daniel Stern from a second or third story rooftop Mm -hmm. with a brick. Mm -hmm. Like multiple times. Dude, I want somebody out there, if it hasn't been done already, and if it is and I just haven't found it and you know about it, someone please send this to me. Mm -hmm. I want to watch someone animate Daniel Stern's head just turning into just this pulp. Yeah. When the brick, like, I want to see an actual, like, animation, like, redo of what would happen to somebody's face and head if they were hit with a brick going that velocity from that height. Mm-hmm. Because, good Lord, the injury system. Like, he steps on nails. Yeah, it, it's it's brutal. Like, it, there's some it scenes is. in that movie that are just really hard to watch, especially the, the broken brick, ornaments the, in the yeah, first one. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. brick, the brick throwing one in the second one is, is especially hard for me to watch, even as like an mm-hmm. adult. <laughs> oh, abs, dude! It would, it wasn't good for me as a kid. I was like, oh god, yeah. Why? Yeah. Even as a grown man, I'm just like, mm-hmm. Yep, I'd be dead. I just splattered just all over the ground. Mm-hmm. I think what we're getting at. Mm-hmm. There's a very visceral tone to the original two. Yeah, that is captured in almost in a way of. It is funny, but there is an acknowledgement by the filmmakers of a little bit of like, this is also like very messed up at the same time. Like it's played for laughs, but it's also, but it's also filmed and done in a way. And I think there is sort of a gravitas to it to lend some sort of like to to the, just the, the, the inherent violence in the topic of what we're doing. And like I said, you know, like you, sorry, not like I said, like, like, like you said, this new one seems to be missing that. It's, oh, look at the hijinks. Aren't these fun stunts? But yet I'm looking at a kid who has filled a T-shirt cannon with pink with pool with pool hall balls. Yeah. And he's going to be shooting that out of a compressed air. Like, that's going to kill someone. Totally. And if it does, like, there's a scene in that trailer where the guy jumps out of the second story window, lands on, on the... Um, trampoline as the kid pulls the pin so it sets it at an angle he hits it and then in his upper chest and head and neck he hits a tree so hard that he ricochets off of it spins backwards and lands on his front on the ground like no and everybody's supposed to be like ha happy holidays (laughs) like i will say this at the end of home alone at least there's that redeeming message his relationship with the old man and like how he's like you know you got to talk to your you know when he's talking about how his son won't talk to him anymore he's like you got to talk it's all but at the end it's all about family this is more like your parents are gone live it up you little psycho (laughs) exactly (laughs) plus i'll be honest kevin McAllister's a good well-behaved kid this new guy I don't know how he's going to do without Catherine O'Hara as his mom. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking that cop, uh, McAllister, is probably uh, Buzz. His brother. The brother. Yeah, it's probably yeah. Buzz. Yeah. That would be my guess as well. Um, Because he kind of looks like, <laughs> like yeah. Buzz, that a kid yeah. actor. It, it might even be the same actor. Um, like you know what? Let me take a look. It might be. I will find that out for you. Buzz or Bud? I can't remember. It's one of those. I think it's Buzz. 
Rob Delaney, that's who it is, mm-hmm. who's in it. Not not as Buzz, but mm-hmm. I like Pete Holmes has like the whitest guy's name ever. Ready? <laughs> Blake. Yep. There it is. Oh, Keenan Thompson's in this. Oh, that's cool. He wasn't in the trailer. As, that's a nice little surprise. As Gavin. Chris Parnell is in this. Andy Daly. Okay. It, Get it, out of here. It's going to be funny. It's going to be. Okay. I'll watch it now. Oh, uh, it is the same actor. Oh, it is? Yeah. He plays Buzz. He's playing Buzz again, redoing, reprising his role as Buzz. That's awesome. That's dope. He became a cop. I like stuff like that. Yeah, what has he been really up cool. to? I wonder who Andy Daly's playing in the movie. Or, yeah, I wonder who he's playing. Mike. The Andy Daly's character's name is Mike? Yep. Mike. I also wonder- the other whitest guy you know. Oh, Chris Parnell is Uncle Stu. Uncle Stu. Okay. Mike. I wonder if Mike is, an, is a character from the original or not. Is anyway. Mike the kid that pees the bed? Um, I don't think so. What is that kid's name? Give me a second. Isn't it like Terrence or something? Uh, no, I'll know it when I hear it. It's um, who pees the bed in Home Alone? Fuller. Fuller. <laughs> yeah, Fuller with the glasses. <laughs> yes, Fuller with the glasses. <laughs> yeah, and he gives him that weird look where he's like, "I'm gonna pee in the bed." Oh, with that's both um. Of us in it. I didn't know this, but fun trivia, that's played Fuller's played by Kieran Culkin. No way. Yeah. Oh. That's really cool. Um that's interesting. I didn't know that. That's why they look familiar. Uh that's cool casting. I like that. Kieran Culkin. What is Kieran Culkin up to? Um, he was in Did he go to rehab? He disappeared for a probably. while. I hope it wasn't for rehab. Um, he was in something. He was in, I mean, he was in Father of the Bride. He was in, uh, but recently he's been in, what was he in? He was in something recently. He's been in some stuff come back up. Um, he was in, oh, he's on Secession right now, the HBO sh- uh, HBO show. That's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I haven't started that show yet. That's why I haven't seen him. Yeah, everyone loves it, though. Like, <laughs> everyone oh, raves about that everyone. show. <laughs> it's like Deadwood. Everybody's yeah. like, you ha- or Breaking Bad, or you you aren't watching it. You simply must. Yeah. Did you, um, have you ever seen, um, uh, what's that movie Rory Culkin is in? Um, oh, um, oh, what is that movie? Lords, Lords of Chaos, the movie, oh, Lords the of black Chaos. metal movie uh, about uh, the band uh, Mayhem. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. No, I haven't seen it. Uh, the reason why I haven't seen it yet is because that ba- um, that movie actually takes a couple of liberties with the actual storyline, mm-hmm. um, with her with Hieronymus and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am familiar with the story. Yeah. But so he's in I, that uh, movie. He's really good in it too. Is it, was it good? Oh, yeah. It's good. It's a great movie. Okay. It's harrowing to watch, but it is a very good movie. Well, I mean, they were... It's black metal. <laughs> yeah. It's Norwegian black metal. They're yeah. not the happiest people. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, and he was also very creepy. Yeah. He's, Euronymous he's really good. was... I lay in the... De- in, he literally would bury clothes in the dirt so he'd smell like a corpse and, like, cover himself with, like, old blood and, like, nice. rub himself down with, like, dead animals and, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not the healthiest person. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
But yeah, so some other news items while we're here. Um, mm-hmm. We've sent each other a, co- a couple things this week. Yeah, we've had some little bit of back and forth today. Um, so uh, Killian Murphy is playing uh, uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer in uh, Christopher Nolan's next yes, movie. Yes, which will be very fun. It'll be fun to have him deliver that line. Yes. I think he's... Killian Murphy's great. Um, he's great in everything. Yeah, he's often a he's often a supporting role guy, so I'm I'm gl- I'm cool I'm excited to see him play the lead in this. That's really cool. Again, not to sound like one of those people of like you simply must. But have you seen Peaky Blinders? No, I so I've seen like the first couple episodes, but I Dude, haven't I haven't seen the whole thing. Got to get into it. Yeah. Okay. He's like the main character. He's the he's the older brother. He like carries the whole thing. Oh, plus there's Aunt Polly. Oh my God, there's so many great people in there. <laughs> All right. I want I'll you to watch it, it so bad. It's so good. Yeah. No, he's great. I I thought he was. I man, I thought he was great. All the way back to like 28 days later, mm. and then every time he shows up for anything, he's get really out of here. Him yeah. is the scarecrow in Batman Begins. Yeah. Dude, terrifying. He's great. he's great. Um, we also sent each other. Uh, the, oh, who that, was he? He was in Red Eye too. He's the bad guy in Red Eye. Did you see that? I don't that? think I've seen Red Eye. It didn't do a ton of business. Okay, because it's not that good. Okay. But he's the bad guy in it, and again, right. you're like, he's a bad guy, and then I started off being like, no, he's not. And now I'm like, Is he's that a bad the movie guy. Where like um, it's on a plane, and he's yeah. like the devil or something. No, he's like, I have your daughter or something oh, like that. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember. I saw it really late night. After. I think there's like a supernatural twist to it where he's like the devil or something. I could be I'm going to look it up. God, <laughs> I, I hope be so. Because if that's the case, then I'm totally going to rewatch that. Hi, Charlie. Oh, he has a terrible, Everybody, terrible wig in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a Wes Craven movie. That's cool. Oh, that's probably why I liked it. Yeah. Speaking of Scream. Um... God, I love Wes Craven. He's so good. The film falls the whole time. A woman is kidnapped by a stranger on a routine flight, threatened by the potential murder of her father. She is pulled into a plot to assist her captor in a political assassination. Okay, so that's what it is. It's an early uh, Rachel McAdams. Yep. It's the two of them. And uh, yeah, it's 2005. Man, that feels so yeah, long ago. <laughs> it's because it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. 16 years ago. Red eye. Dang, it's funny. Uh, in the in the people also search for uh, tab uh-huh. on Google, the first movie is Flight Plan, which I do remember that movie. <laughs> oh, that movie was terrible. That's a Jodie Foster uh, uh, vehicle with Peter Peter Sarsgaard and Sean Bean. <laughs> yes, I remember that movie. There was a weird like in the early two thousands. There was a weird like. Um, like Red Eye and yeah. Panic Room and yep. like Telephone. There were a lot like, of movies where it was a basically like a middle-aged to young adult like white woman in a harrowing mm-hmm. situation where all of the bad guys are men. Yes. Like that was a that was a genre of movie for a while. Yeah. It was really yeah, weird. It was. <laughs> it was very strange I in the early what, and it was it, what sparked that? Because it seemed like very specific to that time. You know what I mean? Very specific. You don't see movies like Panic Room and like that kind of remember, stuff anymore. Uh, and Double these Jeopardy were also with um. What's it? What'd you say? Remember the movie Double Jeopardy with uh oh, with what's oh, her name? Ashley Judd. Yeah. <laughs> yup. Yeah. That was a late '90s, early 2000s thing where it's like this woman was wronged by men. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I mean, you're not wrong, but yeah. like also little melodramatic they were kind of like in that way they were kind of like 
like female like they were like exploit- they, well, they were like exploitation movies really well, actually you know you're you're more yeah, yeah it's like there you, was no you know it was you like can't she's trust still ladies? weak man. well it's because she always needed a man to help her get out of her situation <laughs> silly woman yeah they were yeah they were kind of like yeah they were kind of female female kind of exploitation yeah. movies were like yeah that was an interesting it was like lifetime originals got slapped with a higher budget yes. and like put up on like these are going really well let's put these on the big yeah. screen and they always took that third the third act turn was always the woman finally decides she's had enough of this shit and like yep. fights back that was like but, a whole but not genre in of like, movie yeah but like she doesn't fight back in like there's like what we see now right? right where it's like john wick women where they're just like oh i'm gonna kneecap everybody well you know what changed that was the movie enough with jennifer lopez Remember where she was like, she nope, started. I take, didn't see it. Oh, it, so it's basically for the first half of the movie, it's like he's an abusive husband. He's kind of crazy. I think it's Billy Crudup. Um, it's oh, like, I think it is too. It's one of those guys. Um, Enough. Yeah, and he uh, and she he he's super abusive and, and a manipulator and all that kind of stuff. Also in two thousand and two. Yes, and she like starts taking like martial arts classes, and then the movie, the third act fight scene is they have like a big drawn out fight scene around their apartment. And it should be Okay, I need to watch that him. movie now. Yeah. Yeah, Billy that, Campbell. Billy Campbell. Who is I gotta see what this guy looks like. I'm looking. I'm oh, looking. Oh, I think Julia Lewis is. is in that. And Noah Weil. All right, all right. Yeah. Uh I remember this guy. What is Billy Campbell known for? Billy Oh, is that him? Oh, he's Cliff in The Rocketeer. Oh, that's where I know him from. He he's was in also Dracula in, from ninety two. He was in the forty four hundred. He's done a lot of T V stuff. Um he's got a face oh, for yeah. TV. <laughs> um, as long as he doesn't have a face for radio yeah he's more of a TV guy I've only seen yeah definitely a little bit of the, the 4400 o- dude the OC 4400 oh, yeah, Shark Melrose Place uh-huh. yeah I mean he's the killing oh he was in the killing who was he in the killing that first season of that Darren Richmond the OC that's so funny Huh, okay. Gettysburg. He's in a movie called Gettysburg I've never seen. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's in Gettysburg? Yeah, I don't know who he plays. Was that back in the 90s? Yeah, in 93. Dude, that movie's amazing. I haven't seen it. There's a lot um, of good actors in it, though, apparently. Dude, yeah. It's one of... So I watched that when I was in... Probably a little too young to watch. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> I was in fifth grade when they had us watch that because okay. that's when you study the Civil War. You know, like on that edge, right? Yeah, yeah. It's historical. But um, it's it made an elastic impression on me as one of my like film movies that I always like think back to. Totally. I haven't watched it in years, but like I always think back on it and like as one of the more like influential. I became very interested in long drawn out historical historical epic movies when I was a kid, like Braveheart. Yeah. And Rob Roy. No, those movies. Just, are great. I don't know why. It's just what I gravitated to. My friends were like, hey, you want to watch that? I'm like, I watched four hours of Wyatt Earp last night. Well, before, really, before, I'm trying to think, before like superhero movies. Before superhero movies and before like Independence Day and movies like yeah. that, like the big Hollywood prestige movies were big war epics and, his, and historical That's epics, true. you know? Glory. Yes. Um, what was yeah, the, a bunch um, of different stuff? Yeah, and then like the all the sword and sandal movies, like Troy mm-hmm. and and all of that, uh, the Gladiator and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's crazy. The Ten Commandments yeah, should... and whatnot. Oh my God, Ten Commandments. <laughs> we used to own that on VHS. I've watched Charlton Heston 
my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You will listen yeah. to my God. And then James Cameron like, kind of created... Uh, uh, well, him, him and Roland Emmerich kind of created the, like, the disaster movie. And then yeah, that, that was like the a, disaster movies always kind of been there though with like earthquake and like all that kind of stuff. That's I true. think we just went through a weird time. Like I think we not a weird time. I think what we're doing is we're looking back on that section of the 90s when everybody made big historical long drawn epics. The way we're going to look back on the Marvel era probably. You know yeah. what I mean? Where it's like, "Oh yeah, everybody was obsessed with superheroes at that time." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um speaking of which, that's a good segue. Um we got our Adam Warlock Yes, we did. And it's Will Poulter. Will Poulter. Uh, what do you, you think may know about that from casting? The, what, what, what's he been in? Oh, I'm looking up he's his been IMDb. so much Hold stuff. I he's think been, the doing, first he's time been on I, fire lately. I think the first time I saw him was, what's the movie where they're all trapped in the, it's not the Hunger Games, but the other one? Maze Runner. Maze Runner. That, <laughs> I think that was the first one I saw. Why? Why do I know that? I, I don't know. Why is that in my brain? <laughs> I, why was I able, not even, not even why was that in my brain? Why was I able to recall it so quickly and know exactly what it was? That's the scary part. Because that, it was one of the, it was one of those movies out of that era. That was Yeah, but like, you know what? I've never seen it. <laughs> nor have I, nor do I, if you asked me what it was, I wouldn't be able to tell you a single thing about it. But yet I know that. He's like the bully villain kid of the movie. Of course he's, he is. Look at good. his face. Yeah. He's either going to play the weird, awkward, like, Mormon kid yeah. or, like, the bully. Yeah, he's got very intense eyebrows. He actually kind of looks like, with a, when he buzzes his hair and he's younger, he actually kind of looks like the bully from Rockstar's game Bully. Oh, yeah, true. Very true. You remember that game where you're I in the, uh, the private game. school and Yeah, yeah it was like hustling. a choose-your-own-adventure game, kind of. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Super good. You could beat kids up for their lunch money and stuff. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> so he's playing Adam Warlock. I, so... Mm-hmm. Um, initially, so I don't know a ton about Adam Warlock, um, but I know that, uh, he's like gold and he's like supposed to be like perfect kind of, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's like his disposition is he's like a, like a perfect guy. And Mm -hmm. I think, um, I, so at first I was kind of like, ah, Will Poulter's not exactly like classically handsome. But I kind of, um, but he is, not, he's not a bad looking guy, uh, but no, I think. No. Um, he has a unique look. Totally. And I think that's why they got him. Yes. And I, I think he looks, he has a, because um, the one thing that I understand about Adam Warlock that makes him kind of menacing when he's a bad guy is that he is so alien and removed from everyone else that he just kind of lacks the empathy or whatever. And I think Will Poulter kind of has a has that quality to him where he's kind of like aloof and kind of, he plays that very well where he's kind he of does. like not in touch you know what i mean is is warlock a bad guy i think sometimes he is i think he's a i think he's what he is i think it's what we it's what you think of like when you think of extraterrestrials like they're interested in us but their agenda is not our agenda yeah is the way i feel about adam warlock like he has his own thing going on and sometimes that may line up with the Guardians of the Galaxy or mm-hmm. the Eternals or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. But his agendas are definitely not the, the Avengers agendas. Gotcha. Okay. And that's kind of, that's as far. Now, again, if you're out there, Cinephile84 on Instagram, and you can get me at Derek, D-E-R-E-K underscore nickel, N-I-C-K-E-L, 
on Twitter. If I am wrong, please let me know. I would like to know that. But as far as I understand it, he is an independent entity that kind of operates on his own will gotcha. and desire. But he is a but the uh but originally, so they changed it for the Guardians 2 mm-hmm. when it was the enclave up there was the gold people, because originally he was created on Earth. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. That makes He's sense. An artificial perfect human. Yeah. So kind of like the vision. Gotcha. So I think maybe he's more like the vision in the sense, like the vision is more humanity based where he's like, I'm a protector of people. I think Adam Warlock has that same vision thing, but he's more of a. Like cosmically minded. Yeah, I've got, he's more cos. He's like, you don't understand what's going on in the galaxy. And I do. So if you do want to help me, that's great. But I'm just letting you know that I might be your friend or I might be your enemy, depending on what's going on in the larger background story. <laughs> right. So do you think in Guardians 3, he's kind of the villain for a while until they become friends and have to yeah. team up? <laughs> I think he and Thor have a pissing contest for a minute to see Probably. how strong they are. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, or I think Thor tries to. I would love to see Thor try to have one where he's like, mm-hmm. let's see who's strongest or something like that. And Adam Warlock just goes, no, because I win. Like... <laughs> Yeah. Like doesn't just doesn't even acknowledge like really get into it with him. Doesn't let him have it. He's just like, no, I wonder, I'm not. What's his I'm not of your set? base, like your base interest. Yeah, no, I'm I'm I don't have time for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look at his powers and abilities because I don't I don't know them. Uh, uh, in all of his car- incarnations, the character possesses superhuman strength, speed, durability, stamina, and agility, of course, the abil- and the ability to manipulate cosmic energy for energy projection, flight, and recuperation. Uh, he, can crea- he creates a cocoon for self-preservation and regeneration and immortality. Although he can be killed, he cannot truly die as death cannot claim his soul. Um... So we also, a lot of people thought that we saw an Adam Warlock cocoon in the collector's um, place in the first Guardians movie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you say, say that last part again? Oh, I was just saying um, there is a rumor that we saw a, there's a cocoon or big cocoon right, thing of right. something in the collectors. Whether that, it was never confirmed nor denied that it was Adam Warlock. I yeah. think that was more of a ah, yeah, exactly. fandom! It's like, chill chill out, guys. Yeah. Now, which which um, Infinity Stone created Vision? Was it the Soul Stone? I think it was the Soul Stone, yeah. Okay. Because I'm um, reading this Wikipedia article on um, Adam Warlock, and it says, The Soul Gem possess- possesses a consciousness of its own and demonstrates a vampiric hunger for the life energies of organic beings. It contains an idyllic, po- an idyllic pocket universe, which is interesting, that hosts all the souls of the gym- that the gem has ever taken. Using the gem, Adam Warlock has demonstrated the power to devolve the followers of man-beast into the animals from which they evolved, as well as revert the brute into counter-Earth Reed Richards. So he has the ability to, like you know, basically change people's, what's that word that they can, entropy, I guess, that they like, like devolve yes. things, you know yes. what I mean? Which I think is interesting. Um, I wonder if that's going to come into play with like, you know, certain characters that he comes in contact with. And I wonder if he'll be tied to the soul stone, this, you know, in this incarnation of him because, you know, the vision is tied to the soul stone, you know? Well, let's look back what we know about what's going on with the soul stone. True. <clears throat> Right now. 
Also, before before we dive straight into that, do we know? And you may not know the answer to this, but I, I just want to ask you this: It's Adam Warlock, so probably not. It's his stuff is a little bit out of my range. I'm trying to get there, yeah. but I've just been consumed reading Garth Ennis's Punisher run from 2000 gotcha. to 2001. So I, I'll get there. Yeah. I just needed more of a visceral like murder like story as yeah. opposed to i've been reading a lot of cosmic stuff with mighty thor so just yeah. no it's fine this but is more ahead, of a general a general marvel Let's question see what i see if, yeah. see if i'm this good <laughs> no this is just more of a general marvel question do we how much of the what if series is going to affect mainline marvel stuff do we know how connected it all is because by the way it's presented it, it's like directly affects all of it yes and and you have you finished no. you finished what if no okay i gave up okay got you i i would i, I would did, say keep going it gets I, way better does it <laughs> yeah i'm just saying man that first episode uh-huh don't lead with that one don't yeah. lead with that one like that was the wrong one to lead with because i honestly just was like oh Oh, I don't need to care about this. No. And then everybody, like my buddy Rex, is like, "Hey, Rex, he listens to the show." He was like, "Have you like every time I see him, he's like, have you watched it?' Like just desperately wanting to talk with me about it. And I love it, but I'm also just like, it put me off so bad yeah. with the first one that I just, I just, it's like, who, who cares? Yeah, I will, I, I will say this. I'll go watch it. There's only really two episodes you have to watch: um, Zombies in Dark, Dark Doctor Strange. You don't. I, I don't think you have to watch the zombie ones, honest. Uh, the zombie one is more just like a one-off fun one. Oh, got it. Okay. I would say in terms of how they're going to affect the rest of the universe, you uh-huh. should definitely watch the Doctor Strange one, uh-huh. the Ultron one, and then the very end one. Okay. And I'm not going to tell you what that one's about because it's a spoiler for the Ultron one. So oh, don't. I, so just watch, yeah, watch the um, Doctor Strange, the Ultron mm-hmm. one, and then the, the finale. Because those will have... And then I'm still going to watch Zombies because I want to. Yeah, because of course. Because of course, it's Marvel Zombies. We've been waiting to see that on a screen for forever. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because those have huge implications for where this is all going. Okay. But anyway, um, so yeah, sorry. To get back to Adam Warlock and the Soul Stone, let's talk about what we know about the Soul Stone. Let's talk about what we know. Let's see where we're at. Okay. Soul Stone is done. Vision is alive? White Vision. Ish? Ish. White vision is out there. Yeah, somewhere. Regular vision is alive, maybe in the limbo with his kids that she heard. I would like to also just think that it might, that that end point where her kids are calling out to her at the end of uh, WandaVision, I would really like them to use that. I don't want them to be around. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a really good thing if um, her kids ended up not being alive mm-hmm. and it was actually a part of her, well, because, uh, Scarlet Witch is uh, known to have a very, let's say, loose grasp on sanity in the right. comic books. Right. And so I would like to see them start using that to turn her slowly insane. Yeah. Because we've already seen it. They've already kind of brought her like struggles and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I would like it that whole thing, especially if it's being used as, you know, um, what's what's the... What's the one that the the bad guy everybody's like, oh, he has to be in it. It has to be him. Mephisto. Yeah. Um, I would like for it to be the thing that Mephisto's been dangling in front of her the entire time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then just pulls the rug out from under her. Because then it would be like, oh, Vision's dead. But mm-hmm. going back, White Vision is out there. 
doing whatever. Yep. Now, we know that Adam Warlock is an artificial human being created through something called the Enclave. Well, what if that white vision gets captured and that's the base model that we use to turn it into Adam Warlock? Yeah, potentially. Or him, which was his original name that he called himself. Yeah, or I could I could also see um, Vision, the vision that we have, the white vision going off into the galaxy or the universe or whatever – and like running into the enclave and seeing this new civilization with with the mm-hmm. technology that they have coupled with his intellect, I could see him potentially being like, maybe this is an opportunity to create um, a being that could protect us against any and all threats in the future. You know what I mean? It's a being so perfect that it could protect us from the likes of Thanos or even, yeah. a, you know, all of like maybe Vision gets this this like vision quote-unquote let's take what tony stark wanted to do but make it perfect the next level yeah on the galaxy because if you watch if you watch what if we're going to need someone like that (laughs) and i'll leave it at that (laughs) oh snap so uh, yeah if if they if marvel so marvel will be the greatest um collection of films and properties in the world of all time if they can make the what if stuff successfully jump to the big screen stuff. If they right. can do that and and have it all be cohesive together, like what what else? What more do you or can you ask of a movie studio? You, like you can't. <laughs> you can't. If everything is coherent and cohesive, then you can't ask anything more. It, it, they did it. Yeah, it's you crazy, won, dude. Like it's one of those. I'm looking at Marvel, the Marvel movies, the Marvel just everything Marvel property right now. Mm-hmm. The, like that's the main stuff, like the what if, the movies, all that kind of stuff, the future shows we're going to get. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it and I go, you're going to win movies. Yeah. You're just going to win media just with this. Yeah. And, you know, if you're out there and you're listening, you don't like Marvel, eh, deal with it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I feel bad. It's here to stay, you. man. Yeah, it, it is very much here it to stay. It is 100% here to stay. It is. Um. But yeah. Who do you think the villain is? Oh, man. Oh, see, I can't even I ask can't you even, that I because... See, you ask these questions and I can't even begin you have to, to ask see because what they, if. You have they to pull see someone from some other freaking Earth dimension from their own Marvel like stuff. And I'm like, I can't answer that, Asan. It could be anybody. You it could be somebody that we've never heard of before <laughs> and it could be somebody that like we've heard... Of. It could be somebody that we've never... That we've known for a long time, but then all of a sudden just is the bad guy and you don't it's like christian bale being like oh i'll just jump in on that it's like what i will say this after watching what if we are very very compared to where we have been we are very 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 close to merging the fox universes like we are very close to seeing um, x-men x-men fantastic Fantastic four is probably first i would say but we are very close like we're, the X Men have been the X Men have been now. over. The nice thing, the the one thing I will say about the early two thousands, like Fantastic Four movies, is they yeah. were done. So, and I, I say this even having worked for the executive producer as my internship, but like with Ralph, and he's a wonderful guy. Mm-hmm. But I will say this that X the the nice thing, as much as we were like, oh, the Fantastic Four movies suck, and they do. <laughs> yeah. But the best thing that could have happened to them uh-huh. is that their movies were terrible. Yeah. Because now we weren't beaten over the head with them like we were with the X Men. Right. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, did you see Dark Phoenix? Yeah. Yes. Unfortunately, I didn't. I did see it. <laughs> I had the minute the trailer came on TV, I was like, "Oh, 
Well, that's too bad. <laughs> like, I just didn't care. Yeah. Brian Singer, I'm going to go on record and saying Brian Singer is the worst thing to happen, the best and worst thing, the best thing to happen for the X-Men. Yeah. For the first two movies. Yeah. Then he left. Mm-hmm. And then he was again. Then, then we got the actual best thing in yeah. Matthew Vaughn that's the best thing to happen to the X-Men. And then it went back to the worst thing that yeah. happened to the X-Men, which was, again, Brian Singer. Yeah, Brian- he George lucas <laughs> his own thing. Yeah. Brian Singer will forever have a brownie point in my book for casting Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. 100%. Uh, but other than that... <laughs> And, and, and to be and Patrick fair, Stewart and Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen and Ian McKellen, of course. Um, but other than that, <laughs> yeah. no, <laughs> just big fart noise for that yeah. one. That's yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I will say we are very, very because the last episode of What If deals a lot with multiverse and and all of okay. that. So I think we are very, very, very close. All right, it's, well, stuff is getting weird in the Marvel universe, and I'm very here for it. Well, here's a fun secret. Yeah. Stuff's been weird in the Marvel Universe for a very long time. But now it's on screen. But now see. we get to watch it. Exactly. Yeah. And now I get to have people look at me and go, like, I'm slowly getting people go, oh, I realized why you were, like, super into comic books when you were a kid. I'm like, yeah. Yep. There's a lot going on. Yep. They're wild. Uh, Yeah. So much fun. Wait, are these real? This isn't real. Hold on. What are you looking at? What oh no, this at? is a fake trailer. Sorry, I saw a trailer. Oh, don't Sorry. do not do trailer <laughs> for what? 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 It was a trailer for um, uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home, but it's a it's a fake trailer. Oh, do you, no, <laughs> no, it's no. A fake the trailer. only way at this point that you can with those movies that you can actually like know that it's the real trailer is if it's everywhere on the news, right? Like if it's one thing that I that's one thing that I just get to. I can't do fan trailers anymore. No, no. I'm like, why are you wasting all of our time? If you're doing it to edit, like, if you're out there and you're doing it as an editing project because it's something you want to do and you're putting it on YouTube as like a, hey, check out what I did, you know, portfolio right. stuff. Cool, yeah, not a problem. But don't don't put it up there if you're just like, I can make my own. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, speaking of le- of lesser Marvel projects, um, I saw Venom two last week. And oh yeah, we both saw movies this week, and they weren't the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> I almost went and saw I almost went and saw Venom too. Yeah, but uh, my boy has another movie out, so yeah. we'll talk about that. Real, I, real I happened to see it. Why did I see it? Oh, Julie was out of town, and I literally had nothing to do with my time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go see a film. <laughs> Treat yourself. Yeah, and I went out and saw Venom to Let There Be Carnage, and there was there was none to be found. No, um, no. <laughs> no, I was like, no carnage. No, there, there was carnage. So here's the thing with these movies, right? Um, they made a big choice in the first movie to, to make the venom dynamic between Tom Hardy and a voice in his head and to make that the driving relationship of the movie. They made mm-hmm. a big choice to do that. Yep. Um, ultimately, the first movie is the novelty of seeing Venom on screen for the first time for me outweighed sort of the awkwardness of what that relationship was on screen. And it fails to do that this time. Uh, I was not a huge fan of Tom Hardy talking to the voice in his head. That's doing a ridiculous British accent for some reason. Um, It's doing a British accent now. 
I mean, it was kind of doing it in the first movie. I mean, it's it's, it's was it? I, dude, I barely remember the first movie. It, it was that like it was. I walked out of it going, that was a. F- that was an entertaining movie that I won't remember. <laughs> yeah, Venom, the voice of Venom is kind of doing, it's doing, it's not necessarily a British accent, but it's kind of doing that voice we all do as, it's doing like, a, it's like a deep stewy griffin, where it's not really a British accent, but it's kind of like an old American accent, so it sounds British, you know what I mean? I was going to do it, and then I got very self-conscious. <laughs> no, that's fine. It is I was going to lean in, and I, just, I was about to, I was getting my throat ready to go, like, get into that vocal. I was like, no, no, I can't do it. I'm not confident enough. Yeah, and and, and, and his, his performance... But I know what you're talking yes. about, yeah. His performance as Venom is just, like, so over the top. And so here's my thing. If the Venom movies were rated R, I think they, they would should be. which they should be. I think they would be far more successful. I agree. Yeah. That's what I've been saying about a lot of stuff. Like I'm not I'm not an advocate for everything being rated R. Yeah. But I think that there're just certain things yes. in comics in pop culture that just need to be rated R and need to fill out that rated R rating. Right, because you can be rated R, as we saw in the Wolverine, and not throw in a couple extra f bombs, and that's it. And that's what you right. use to get your rated R rating. That's not a rated R rating. That's a PG thirteen movie with a couple extra f words. Like, yep. get out of here with that nonsense. Yeah. But there are certain things that I think lend themselves to being rated R. Venom being one of those franchises. Obviously, The Punisher. I think Daredevil would be better served as being a rated R mm-hmm. movie franchise or, or a rated R level TV franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at this point we have enough heroes and enough characters in the group, like in the superhero group right now that mm-hmm. people can pull from and more characters coming out that are more on the fa- like not family friendly, but more on that, you know, late teens when mm-hmm. you can get your kids into it kind of stuff that I think that we are like trying to make everything family friendly is actually doing a disservice to the fringe franchises mm-hmm. that would be that are that are for adults and should be for adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because look, I have bipolar too. You know this. Sometimes mm-hmm. in a manic episode, I haven't heard voices yet, but sometimes you can. Yeah. So in that case, I would stick think like if the calls are coming from the inside the house, I'd be like, maybe I do have a symbiote inside of me. <laughs> right. But thankfully I'm on medication <laughs> to mitigate that. But this is what I'm saying is that, you know, like you want that, that there'd be a better, I think the dynamic between Venom and Eddie would be better served as a more adult relationship in a rated R film. Yeah. Like, because I, so I get, so Sony is in, specifically with Venom, they're in a tough spot because obviously the end result, the reason why you cast Tom Hardy and the reason Mm -hmm. why you even make a Venom movie in the first place is so that you can build up Venom as its own character so that you can eventually get him in a movie with Tom Holland. That's the whole point. Like, that's the crossover they're building to because that's where the money is. So, -hmm. of course, you have to do at least one, probably two Venom movies before you cross them over. I get it. Right. But... So, but in in order for the so they so they're thinking about that financially. Where so these Venom movies, they need to be financially lucrative on their own at some point. So they have to get as many people in to watch them as possible. So I think that's why they feel like they have to do a PG thirteen. However, with the success of Deadpool with Fox, you would think that Sony would be oh, like. I'm sorry, real quick. 
Do you mean the highest grossing rated R movie of all time? I do mean that. <laughs> and, and I think I think if Venom, given the look of these Venom movies and what they were trying to do, especially in the second one, I think they would be much, much, much more successful, not even just financially, but successful movie watching experiences if they were like really, because what these movies should be is dark, like frantic, chaotic, hor- like horror comedies, like horror action comedies. Yeah, that you're that you're rooting for Venom to win, but kind of only barely. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> because he is grabbing people at the head and then ripping them in half the lengthwise down their body and then eating them. Yeah. Let's not forget, Venom wants to eat people. Right. Exactly. He specifically and expressly says so multiple, multiple times. Yep. So it's like. Why am I supposed to cheer for that? Yep. Oh, it's supposed to be a buddy cop comedy, but the other buddy cop like lives like, but the bad cop lives on him. I'm like, I no. Yeah. Because here's here's the problem I'm running into with this is because they try to make Venom because it's supposed to be like you know PG-13. They they make Venom into this like kind of lovable oaf that just can't get his hunger hunger under control. Yeah. And I'm like. Okay, that's fine if you're trying to make a family-friendly version of Venom, which, I mean, I'm not mad at them for trying to do. Hey, lovable oaf sells toys, man. It totally does. But in a world where he has to eventually go up against Spider-Man, I just don't... You need the Venom that that goes up against Tom Holland Spider-Man, because in the Marvel side of things, everyone over there is so highly powerful, including Spider-Man. You oh, need- if this Venom went up against Tom Holland's <laughs> Spider-Man, he'd get his ass kicked. Yeah, I, there's no there's no bone in my body that believes this Venom can can hold Tom Holland's jockstrap, let alone... <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not, man. So like, he is dust in the rearview mirror. Yeah, if, if we had spent two movies, like, really as Venom as this sort of unhinged, you know, violence, you know human yeah. eating machine that it Tom Hart Tom Hardy is literally at war with to try to keep control over but just barely like right. that's the venom you send against Spider-Man cuz you should be watching these venom movies the whole time be going like this is good but th- how is Spider-Man going to deal with this guy like exactly th- you know what i mean like that's what you should be thinking but like it, you just don't you know what i mean it's not he's not threatening because at the end of the day he just kind of listens to Eddie Brock and just kind of is just there for Venom is often just there for comic relief and i'm like no yeah. you should have this the other way around <laughs> yeah totally yeah totally it should be more horror yep it should instead of playing it for laughs where it's like oh we all know that he's in he's symbiotes inside Eddie Brock but you're playing it for laughs it should be a horrifying it should what it should do is walk you through like you're a, like you have schizophrenia yeah and you don't know that the voices and the calls are coming from inside the house like you can't understand why you have hallucinations and you hear voices that are telling you to do things and then all of a sudden oh it happens to be a like symbiote inside of you but like for the first like I'd say first act of that movie or second act of that movie, we sh- it should be a full-blown horror film. Yeah, it should play, like, if I were going to make a Venom movie tomorrow, like, I would tell all my crew and everybody to go watch, like, werewolf movies. Because it Absolutely. should play, like, a werewolf movie where the werewolf, like, talks to the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, that, like, it should be an internal struggle for power between a guy who is literally, like, plagued by this monster inside of him. 
Absolutely. Uh, and you just don't get that at all, dude. It's it like- shouldn't be fun. Having <laughs> Venom, it's the reason why Spider-Man got rid of him because the symbiote yeah. was taking over and doing things. Yep. Having Venom on you is not a fun thing. Yep. It's like, and granted, in the comic books, it turns into that, I guess, if you really want to think that a murdering psychopath symbiote alien that's attached to an unhinged asshole mm-hmm. is like a good thing. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, man, it's just, it's one of those... You know, I I fully agree with you that there's there's no fear to it. Yeah. Venom is supposed to be scary. Yeah. Carnage is supposed to be scary. It's a serial killer that gets a serial killer symbiote attached to him. Like, yeah. How are we not just leaning into this? And this is the I've been saying that about Carnage for years is that it needs to be anytime Carnage shows up. It and I've been waiting for Carnage to show up, and I don't even really want to go see the movie because I know it's going to be kind of. And I'm just like, I want to be scared. Yeah. Carnage scared me as a kid. Yeah. He's supposed to be terrifying. It's like, oh, you're even worse than Venom? Venom is terrifying. Mm-hmm. So if Carnage can beat up Venom in your kid brain, Carnage is stronger. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's a terrifying thing when you realize that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, should be, it should be violent. And th- these movies should be violent and chaotic and kind of like with like, like I would tell my crew to go watch, you know the the Benicio del Toro Wolfman, like American Werewolf in London. Like go watch, yep. um, what's the movie? I would do a straight homage scene in Venom. Yeah, to the transformation scene in American Werewolf in London. Yeah, you, you like that's what it should be, man. Like and I would be, tell them to right. go watch Dexter because I feel like yes. they keep trying to make. Eddie Brock into like, well, I'm I'm just trying to get by and I got to keep this venom under control. Oh, well, golly gee, I'm just a <laughs> reporter that sometimes gets a story. You know me, Mr. Eddie Brock. Yeah, yeah, no, it should be like at a certain point, Eddie Brock should be like, look, this venom thing is it needs to feed on people and he, you should put him in a situation to where he becomes complicit in it in a way that you still can root for him. And they're trying to do that by like having him only go after bad guys, but he, he's even reluctant to go against that. Like, and the bad guys they go after are not really bad guys. It's like a guy like trying to knock over a liquor store, which is yeah, in exactly. the big scheme of things, not the worst thing you can do. Like he should be going after like rapists and serial killers. Like, like the Punisher. Yeah. Exactly. You want me to root for Venom? Yeah. Clean up the scum of the city. Yeah. But the, if he's just gonna, if thing, he's just gonna, and that's the thing that the, the, the dude trying to rob a liquor yeah. store. It, and the pro, and honestly, the biggest problems with the Venom movies are the villains because they're both in both scenarios. One, they're not truly despicable people, and two, it's just like a guy, another guy with a symbiote. Yep. <laughs> The first movie should have been like, have you seen, uh, there's a movie that came out a couple years ago with Joaquin Phoenix called You Were Never Really Here or something like that. That has been on my prime list to watch for a very you, long time. You gotta time. watch that. And it's because I heard he beats guys to death with a hammer. Yeah, it's basically, like, he's basically, yeah, crazy. He basically plays like a paranoid schizophrenic who, in for ca- like a uh, military guy, right? Yeah. And he's yeah. like, par- he's paranoid schizophrenic, has PTSD and all of that. And he meets this girl and through meeting this girl uncovers like this like human trafficking and like you know pedophilic sex ring thing and basically mm-hmm. go gets a, goes to the hardware store buys a hammer and goes man on fire on this and, like <laughs> yeah 
buys a hammer and does his business. Yeah. yeah. Like, that is what Venom should be the equivalent of, but but at the superhero level. Like, Venom, the first, the villains in the first Venom movie should have been the most despicable, diabolical. Let's also not discount. We're talking about villains in a Venom movie when Venom is himself a major villain. Right. Like, he was the biggest villain in the Spider Man Rogues Gallery forever. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 have to give him formidable like dirtbag villains for him to tear to shreds, exactly. uh, but they just don't do that. I mean, the first the first villains the villains in the first movie are the police who are just trying to do their jobs do their by jobs. taking down this monster and Absolutely. and this guy who like who runs the company where they're like testing on symbiotes and stuff and he's kind of a dirtbag but he's not like evil you know what I mean he's just a, a businessman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> well, he's an industrialist, and we're supposed to be like, as, but and industrialist bad. <laughs> yeah, but like, if you look at history, yeah, well, to, well not, totally. But like, it doesn't not wrong. But that, but do industrialists deserve to have their heads ripped off? I don't know. No, I don't know. Well, here's what I'm going to say, real quick. To yeah. Put it this. Put it in perspective. How some people don't think industrial, like industrialists, are are just soulless black holes of people. Yeah. And the Edison Museum has some whitewashing going on in ah, some of the exhibits in I'm there. Sure. And there was a tiny, tiny little area that's devo- devoted to Nikola Tesla. And it was like, <laughs> and it's done from the perspective of like, Nikola Tesla made some claims like Edison didn't really pay him. But like, if you really look at like the contract, like the semantics, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Just be okay with the fact that Edison was rich, not an inventor, held a lot of patents. Yeah but also was a despicable human being. Like, yeah. great Americans, it's funny how often great Americans are also just despicable people. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, most people throughout history are J.P. Morgan, people. Ford. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, all of them. I can just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Wells Fargo, it's awful. Like, everybody's just yeah. terrible. Yep. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. But, yeah, but, like, that's the thing. In the movie, he was like, ooh, boo, industrialist, bad. And I go, well, yeah, but like also, let's, <laughs> you're also saying that and you cast a brown guy. So that's not great either. Yeah. To put him in that role of like, he's a villain. And I'm like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it was yeah. not, it was not great. It was not great. That's a bummer. Um, what did you see this week? I saw No Time to Die. Ooh, I haven't seen that yet, but I can't Treat wait. Treat myself. How was it? Treated myself to Daniel Craig's last run. Um, I will do my best to give a review of it without spoiling anything. Thank you. Because there are some major spoilers. I will just tell what I liked about it. Okay. And why I think people should go see it. And then I think we'll be able to kind of navigate around some of the, um, some of the nods and stuff like that. Um, I liked it. I thought it was, it's a, it's a long runtime, but every James Bond has a pretty much a long Mm runtime. Shortest one is quantum of solace that clocks in at an hour and 47 minutes. So, you know, you know what you're getting into right. if you get into a James Bond movie. It's a multiple hour deal. That's why I like some of the older ones because you can just turn them on and like vacuum and like pause it and be like, oh yeah, this, this is a great part. Mm-hmm. This is when he turned. This is when his car turns into a submarine. I like this. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like, I like this part. I like this part. I like Roger Moore's Lotus submarine car. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it it is very much. Daniel Craig is now one of the producers or co-producers, excuse me. Um, so he had some amount of control. 
Gotcha. And you see that in this. And I think they really kind of gave it, it was everybody's kind of, everybody that worked with Daniel Craig on this show, I don't know exactly on this movie, I don't know exactly if it was just him mm-hmm. or if it was multiple people, but it is it is very much a love letter for the Bond franchise from Daniel Craig giving his sort of final farewell and a nod and an acknowledgement to all of the James Bonds that have come before him. Because in multiple times throughout the movie, if you're a Bond fiend and you know what to look for, Mm -hmm. there is a gadget and a nod and an acknowledgement to every James Bond era up to now. We have, there's a gadget that fits in the Pierce Brosnan movies. There's a gadget that fit, there's a, one of the, well, I'm not going to say which one, but one of the older cars from one of the older movies shows up. It's one of my personal favorites. Um, not one of my favorite James Bond movies, but I love the car. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, there is a, there's a couple of gadget nods to like old school. There's cues in the mix. Money Penny's a part of, everybody's in there. Everybody's back. And it's kind of, you know, how Bond's been going rogue a lot lately. Been like, ah, oh, oh. it's kind of returns to what I was talking about. Like what I want to see is he gets a mission in the fold of MI6. He's under the cover of the, you know, under the, I mean, he's non, you know. If he gets discovered, he gets killed. But he's under the protection of like the the British Navy and the intelligence sector, and you kind of see him get it back together. It's it's really good, man. It's got a lot of really good stuff. Um, a lot of really good stuff to it. It would have been better coming out a couple of years ago, right after it was filmed when they wanted it to come out, mm-hmm. because some of the jokes, um, some of the jokes don't quite uh, don't quite fall because they're aimed at the uh, the orange man leader of the last administration. And uh, they play better back then. Uh, mm. I'll put it this way. I was sitting in an entire theater full of retirees in Florida. Ah. And when the, uh, the Trump jokes, the jokes about Trump and the criticisms about that came out, you could feel everybody tighten up real quick. Oh, and I'm just no. like, oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's good. I, I enjoy it a lot. It's, it's very heavy on the, on the plot. It's very heavy on the... If you're going for a Daniel Craig beats the shit out of people uh, like John, a la John Wick, this is not the movie for you. Uh, however, the set piece at the very end where they assault the base is, it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, and there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good emotional hooks in the movie as well. It hit me right in the feels at times. And uh, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was in a, a very bittersweet, but wonderful um, send off for Daniel Craig's James Bond, who is my personal favorite. So nice. I like the way he's carried the mantle. I like the way he's <clears throat> portrayed James Bond. Um, yeah, I think he's he's done a. I think he's done an excellent, a better than excellent job through through most of it. So, plus he's also been James Bond time wise. He's been James Bond longer than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Dude, that's He's awesome. He's been James Bond since 2008, dude. That's crazy. That's a long time. <laughs> 2008. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Um, I, I can't wait to talk to you about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see it. Um, 
it's been a long run for Daniel Craig, and I'm excited to see where the, the franchise goes next, and I'm excited to see him send it off, and, and that, that's really yeah. cool. I'm excited for it. I think one of two things is going to happen. I think okay. the new 007, the lady 007, who's great, by the way. Okay. She's got some good – she's got some great lines and just a good amount of sass. She's very much just like – we just made James Bond black and a lady. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, good. I'm fine with this. This yep. is great. Um, she's in it a lot. She does a great job. Uh, I can't remember her name off the bat, but the actress is mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, so they're either going to continue with her mm-hmm. um, moving forward, just because this is sort of, I mean, it is, uh, you know, they're obviously passing the baton with this one. Mm-hmm. And I'm also trying not to give spoilers because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, <laughs> but uh, they're passing the baton. I think they're either going to move forward with her or I think if they're smart, what they should do is take it back and do like a um, – instead of doing Bond where Bond goes on all these individual like missions and everything's tied together and it's all one run, I would like to see – excuse me. Mm-hmm. You do little like – you can do through – you could do, like have it do a mix, right? You do one movie where it's like a one-off story, right? Like they used to be. And then you do like one where it's like, oh, we've got a story arc for like three movies and we do like a trilogy with this guy being Bond. And so you kind of get every actor's, just like every actor's portrayal of being Bond, I think would be better to have a different encapsulated story. Mm -hmm. Either if you can do the whole story in one, great. Make that like a three-hour movie, freaking great. Or if you need to do the whole story in maybe two or three parts, awesome, do that too. But I would like to see a little bit more freedom with Bond being used specifically with the timeline. And if they're going to do it, I would like to see them go back in time and have maybe a, before he was a double O, how he got his double O status mm-hmm. in uh, post-World War II. Because mm-hmm. he was a commando in World War II and then moved you know, moved up into the intelligence sector and stuff like that. So I think it'd be fun to kind of see that. Then you could take it back to like the 40s, 50s, and 60s again, which is like so much fun for that kind of... You know, take it back to the actual Cold War, even though we're probably still in the Cold War and it never really mm-hmm. ended. I think but, the next, I think yeah. the next Bond movie, if they don't just continue with um, the new Bond chick, or if they don't just like do some new modern day story with and just recast Bond, if they right. do, if they decide to go the period piece route, I I think they could do a like uh like the kingsman style movie where like it's like the formation of like the the whole like mi structure and like sort right. of like the you know what i mean right because that's that's part of the thing is that the double o's were created post world war 2 mm-hmm. as non you know, non operational co- i don't remember what it's called mm-hmm. non cover operatives ncos yeah. mm-hmm. um meaning if they catch you they can kill you yep. and your government will be like we we don't know him yeah um or her um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I think it'd be cool to see the formation of MI6 and his recruitment into MI6 out of, you know, the Navy post-World War II and like his service record and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. because you have to work for him for a while. As previous, as stated very heavily multiple times, um, in the books and you have to have a service record and then you have to, in order to be able to get a 007, you have to complete an assassination mission. Mm-hmm. And then you're given your status. So it'd be fun to kind of see that. We see that in Casino Royale in the beginning, you know, in the black and white segment mm-hmm. where he's like, you have no kills. And then he kills him and he's just like, mm, and he gives him that sassy little like, hmm, and then leaves. Um, but I'd like to see more of that be the mission. 
maybe that be the mission and the focus as opposed mm-hmm. to like, and you could still do the like, oh, he's a Russian man with a robotic arm and an army of monkeys. <laughs> because who wouldn't want to watch that? <laughs> I will slam popcorn down my face mm-hmm. to watch mm-hmm. a movie like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh, um, Lashana Lynch. Lashana I'm very Lynch. sorry. Okay. Lashana Lynch is know me, AKA new 007 mm-hmm. in that movie. Um, she's great. She did such a great job. Nice. Yeah. Everybody was great, man. Um, yeah, it was a really fun movie. Okay. I got real emotional at the end. Yeah, that's real good. emotional at the end. All right. Just because it was like end of an era, you know? Uh-huh. Where, yeah, it was good. It's um I think I think honestly, Daniel Craig will probably forever be my favorite because he's the closest to the he's closest to the books. Mm-hmm. And I got started with the books more. Mm-hmm. But yeah. God, it's got some great stunts in it, some awesome little fight sequences, a couple little like jump surprises and stuff like that. Uh, good twist. It's a fun time, man. It's really good. Rami Malek is the weakest part of the entire movie, if I may really? be honest. Huh. Mm-hmm. His character is just understated. He doesn't feel... They tried to play him too aloof. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what this movie needed was more of a psychopath villain mm-hmm. as opposed to like a... I will poison everyone. It needed more of like a, <laughs> I will poison you all. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. a little bit more of aggression to it. Having said that, I still like Rami Malek and I still enjoyed his performance. If I was directing it, I think I would have done a little bit more unhinged. I would have added a t- touch more unhinged to it. Okay. But again, that's just me. <laughs> there you go. All right, Derek. Um, I appreciate your review of the movie. Uh, where can people find you online? You can find me at Cinephile84, C-I-N-E-P-H-I-L-E-8-4 on Instagram and Derek, D-E-R-E-K underscore N-I-C-K-E-L on Twitter. Great. You can find me on social media at Asan the DJ. That's at A-H-S-O-H-N the DJ. You can find episodes of this podcast and more at Weekly Regular on social media and at weeklyregular.com. Derek, as always, thanks, thanks again for joining the show. Thanks for having me. All right. We will see you all next week.